episode 279 of the Sleeper in the Bus. It is your Sunday edition. The second to last one of the regular season, I believe, if I have my, my calculations right. Actually, there might be two more Sundays in the regular season uh, because that last day, the fourth, is the last day of the season. I'm Paul Spohr, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going, sir? Uh, I'm a year older. Yes. It remains to be seen if I'm a year wiser. Yes, but you are. Happy birthday to you, and and let's let's let somebody else in on the party here. Wish you a happy birthday. Hang on. Happy birthday, happy birthday, dear friend. We sing to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Did you hear that, Mr. Fred Rogers? Wished you a happy Mr. birthday. Mr. Fred Rogers, Rollins, Rollins University alumni, Winter Park, Florida, which is where I went to high school. There, there you go. See it all. I didn't even know that, and, and I still got somebody very near and dear to you, Mr. Fred Rogers, to wish you happy birthday from beyond the grave. Right? Isn't he passed away? Rest in peace. He is deceased. Rest in peace, Jason. We got an interesting topic today. We're going to talk about some struggling studs on Thursday. Uh, Eno and I got into some. We're on the opposite end of the spectrum. We were talking young guys who we really like for 2016. Today we're talking about guys who haven't had the best 2015s, and I kind of want to get an idea of where you're at with them going forward now. Now, these aren't all injury guys. I'm not going to list you a bunch of guys with 100 plate appearances because the obvious answer is, well, they got hurt, and we're moving on. Uh, some of these guys did have injuries, but I don't think they can blame their their ineptitude on just the injuries. So we're, we're touring the diamond here from catcher to outfield, and I, I got to get your thoughts on these guys. I want to start at catcher. The reason I saw this topic is two of the guys really stood out to me, and the first one was this catcher, Yasmani Grandal. And and basically what I looked at for criteria here are guys that fell beyond the top 12 at their position. You know, 12-team mixed league, ideally the top 12 are are the starters. It doesn't always work that way. You know, a couple guys sneak in there, and you're like, "I, I don't really count him as a top 12 guy going forward. But anyone outside there is, you know, kind of fighting it a little bit. And surprisingly, Grandal flipped, uh, slipped all the way to 15 because of a garbage second half. 195, 295, 239 is his triple slash. That's right. Almost 40 points difference between his OBP and slugging in 133 plate appearances during the second half for Grandal. Have, and it's really tanked his numbers. This is a guy who was sitting top five, maybe even top catcher for quite a while, um, until Buster Posey really got going. And then, like I said, still was top five. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to look at it and his games, uh, his homers and RBIs aren't going to be terribly different than last year's. The batting average is up a little bit from 225 last year to 252, but it's, it, it, it hasn't turned out to be the, the, the great season that it was uh, tracking to. So it's just a, a, hazard of catchers in general or is it something specific to Grandal and, and how does this season affect your valuation of him going forward um I, I think it's more of the the prior than anything just catchers in general I don't know what his playing time was tracking early on but if he was playing a ton it wouldn't surprise me that he's worn down given that you know the uh, games played wise he played a heavy uh, four, 443 played appearances last year he's on pace he's actually going to come down he won't even equal that this year unless he plays every day the rest of the way out but the overall numbers home runs equal he's uh, he'll score more runs he'll drive in more runs uh, he's cut his strikeout rate down he has increased his walk rate Everything else looks really good about this. And, oh, let's not forget he turns 27 in November. Um, oh, that that's actually 
You just answered. So, now he, now well, he's a top um, three round pick. He's going to be 27. Yes, it's well, magic. But no, everything else, if you look at the overall numbers here, he didn't go down. So the season, I'm, I'm even working on a seasonal split thing right now. Like, for example, did you know that Francisco Lindor has a top 10 weight, uh, weighted on base average in the second half of the season? Better than Jose Bautista, better than Joanna uh, yes, Cespedes. You know, so let's draft Lindor in the second round. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that, you know, the second half splits, I, I'm honestly not concerned. What I like is that. We, we have a little bit of growth here uh, overall, and I, as statistically, we see some gains in areas that we'd like to see it at. Uh, disappointing that the, the power really hasn't gone up, leaving Petco and going over to uh, Chavez Ravine. His ISO is identical to where it was last year. Uh, and you know, he may have a ham- maybe two more home runs than he hit last year uh, if he hits one a week before that, over the course of the season. But I like this. I, I think he's somebody who is out of the top 12. I'll draft him as a top 12 guy next year at the position. I would too. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. I'm a huge Grandal guy. I was a big fan of his season this year, and it's it's a bummer because he was so great from May to July, uh, through July, I should say, 1139, 874, and 954 OPS totals in those three months. And it's really been his his April wasn't very good, and then these two these two months, August and so far in September, haven't been very good. I wonder how much the shoulder has been bothering him throughout the second half. And, and, and if that is a situation that uh, he can get better, then I, I like him even more for next year. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not deterred just because the rotten end of his season came at the end of the year. But I think that's what your piece is looking at is that guys maybe overrate the fact that things happen in the second half. Well, we have to take that into next year. Like you said, Lindor is out of his mind, but you know, I, I can't take him in the second round next year. Meanwhile, just because Grandal is having a, a bad second half doesn't mean I can completely forget him either. The next guy right. does have a little bit of injury, uh, you know, excuse behind behind his season, but he also has over 400 plate appearances. That's Jonathan Lucroy, 402 plate appearances of a 712 OPS. So I can't just give him a, a complete pass on the injury. You definitely give him a little bit of a break there. He's tracking as the 18th catcher, and I'm using these rankings as ESPN Player Raider, something I reference often. You know, it's just an easy catch-all. It's not perfect by any measure, but uh, it's useful, I think. And so Lucroy is sitting 18th this year. It hasn't been the season that uh, that folks uh, expected after two, three excellent years in a row, really, from him. I know a lot of it will be on the injury, but uh, is is that it? Are you saying, okay, I can give him an injury pass and we'll come back next year? Or do you have any concerns about his actual skills? I don't have concerns about the skills. I mean, right now he's dealing with a concussion issue. He broke the toe. Didn't it broken toe in April? Yeah. That was the issue with him. Uh, so, you know, came straight down and obliterated his foot long you know long history of what i think about foot injuries and how they affect guys uh, so i'm i'm not concerned at all this guy over a full season i would have no trouble you know, him hitting mid-teen home runs driving and driving in 60 70 runs uh throwing in a handful of stolen bases and hitting for average i just think this is one of the bad years it, it'll keep him out i, I want to say that he was being drafted as a top 60 player this year top 75 perhaps oh, yeah. maybe yeah you know, this should keep him out of the top 100 but it shouldn't keep him that far and if you reach into the top 100 to grab him i'm not going to fault you hey we, we, we agree again there sorry that's just two guys that that we see eye to eye on i don't have much to add there if it does push him way down didn't he get something in 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 uh 
in spring that pushed him back a little bit too because I think he was probably tracking. Didn't he have him. a scorpion bite? Wasn't he one of those? I thought something happened that pushed him down even further, maybe into the into the 70s, 80s area of, of ADP when he was tracking 40s, 50s. But like you said, he was still a top 100 guy. And if Jonathan Lucroy falls out of the top 100, I think that's great. I would have zero issue with a Lucroy-Grandall combo next year while everybody else is, you know, going overboard. Not overboard for Posey, but, you know, getting in on the Posey train and going overboard for Kyle Schwarbers of the world. I'll wait I'll wait my turn here, and I'll go for those two because I really like both Lucroy and Grandall. Hamstring but, injury in spring training. That's what it was. Yeah, it was, a, it was a hammy that got him and started to push his ADP down. Um, and then what the, the, the foot and then now the concussion hamstring, so. broken toe, uh, and now concussion issue. It's been, it's been a rough year. And like I said, don't give him a complete pass on it personally because he still did log 402 plate appearances, but I haven't seen enough that says, Oh, I, I, I got to jump off this, this train here. He's, he's going to be 30 next year. That's not, that's not ancient. And he'll be one year removed from, a, from an amazing 2014 season. Let's jump over to first base. It's always an interesting position because it's so deep. I mean, it, it's almost always deep, and I, I don't think this year's any exception. I was looking at some of the guys that were outside of the top 12, and I'm like, wow, there's obviously a lot of good guys here. It's not as big of an indictment to be outside the top 12 at this position, but right. there's still a couple guys that we need to talk about because if you don't have him on your team, you might have missed what Albert Pujols is doing or not doing, as it were, because he had that amazing first half. It looked like he was going to come back. You talked earlier about you know the history of foot injuries and how much they, they they worry you with guys. That's exactly what's happening with with Pujols here. 855 OPS and 26 bombs in the first half, nine home runs and a 642 OPS in the second half, including just a 522 through 72 plate appearances this month. And he says the foot's killing him. This this just isn't going to get better, and he's going to be 36 next year. I'll ask you point blank. Are you even going to draft him outside of something crazy and he's available in the last round, which wouldn't happen? Are you going to draft him where folks are still going to take him, which, you know, it's still going to be probably what in the first 10 rounds? He's got an outside shot at a 40 home run season, despite all of these issues. I know he just exactly. broke an O for 25 last night and, and comically asked for the baseball. It was which so I thought funny. Was awesome. And Pelfrey was yeah. laughing at him and then threw it in there. It's so good. Well, yeah, that that and we need more of that. Uh, so, but yeah, it, when you look at a guy coming off that much home, it just everything else screams what? I mean, two thirty nine batting average, three oh three OBP. This is Ryan Howard, ish. Oh, no, don't say that. That's so mean. It is mean, but this no, you're, is you're without right. the strikeouts. At least without the strikeouts. But that batting average and that on base percentage, and it's not like you know last year's three twenty four, the three thirty was any bet. You know, and for the position. Position, considering position, this is now the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh, eighth consecutive season. His on base percentage has dropped from 462 in 2008 to 303 this year. It's eight straight seasons. That's now, you know, we have talked about some other things in the past where these things are not linear and, and maybe you get a dead cat bounce in that area. But, you know, he's not his days of double digit walk rates are long gone. He hasn't had one since 2010. He's in the single digit walk rates now. And, you know, he can still punish a mistake. But he can't run, so if he doesn't make hard contact, it's more likely going to be you know, a single instead of a double or a ground out. Where you know, if, if it's if somebody's able to make a play deep in the hole that they maybe uh, you know they didn't have the opportunity to do in the past because he like wasn't Seager's hitting that kind play. of soft contact. Remember, Corey I'm sorry. Seager's, remember yes. Corey Seager's huge play that was he was playing short and he basically wound up 
behind the third baseman on an amazing play, rocket throw, but that doesn't get a lot of guys out, and it got Pujols out. So it's just one example, but it, it goes to your point. I think this year might have been the dead cat bounce, unfortunately. I agree. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to see maybe, like you said, 40 homers. If he gets going again uh, and, and gets the power stroke for the last couple of weeks, it's going to be right on the cusp there of 40, and th- people are going to see that number. And, God, I, I love Pools. I've loved him from the jump. It's hard not to like that guy uh, with his, with the game that he it's has. Amazing. June, he had that amazing that stretch in June where he was just crushing everything. It was but awesome, I loved it. But it, it's, it's that foot. It's the foot. I mean, that he's had the problems in the past uh, in uh, 2013 or 12, 13, 13, uh, and it's happening again. He's admitted to it, and you know he's old. Yep, and he's gonna be 36 next year, so it's gonna be tough. It's really gonna be a case by case situation in the draft. If I'm in a draft where they keep letting him go, maybe I'll take a take a shot at, as a corner. But again, you're talking the, – the second you said that thing about the 40 homers, I'm like, well, he's not even going to fall that far then. People are going to see that number with the name value, and he's still going to go relatively high, higher than maybe that batting average and OBP should go, and that's what worries me about Pujols. The other guy I have at this position is Carlos Santana, a guy I got painfully wrong this year because I thought the power was going to be there still. Uh, you know, the 27 homers last year. I thought he could actually improve upon that uh, possibly, but at the very least repeat it and be kind of in the mid twenties. Weird situation this year. He goes out and drops 11 stolen bases, 11 for 12, mind you. Uh, the, the, the triple slash on the first two columns, the BA and the OBP are still right in line with what he's doing. 238 uh, batting average. You don't expect anything, but 364 OBP, just a 392 slug though. And this is now a couple years in a row that he's dropped that slugging down. Yep. I mean, I, I like the stolen bases as a way of kind of salvaging the value, but it certainly, it hasn't enhanced his value. And that's what you would like. If you're going to get stolen bases from a first baseman, you want it to enhance their value. And Santana's only 23rd at the position. And here's the key next year, Jason, that's all he qualifies at is first base. So what are you doing with Carlos Santana first base only next year, losing both the catcher eligibility that he had at some websites with the 11 games and the third base eligibility that he had across fantasy? Yeah, here's a scary. Do you realize he turns 30 at the start of next season? It's kind of crazy. I, I guarantee coming you, off. if you pulled 10 ahead. people, they would say, what, 28 most of the oh, time? Yeah. That'd be the most I mean, common answer. He's coming off five consecutive. And this is this is now his fifth consecutive 600 plus plate appearance season. So he's in there every day. I mean, last year he had 660 plate appearances, 152 games. He has six 607 right now in 140 games played. And you you look at like you said, you look at those steals. It's crazy. That's how bad his season is as a first baseman. If you look at 11 stolen bases at a first base position, and his and his runs and his his runs are equal to where he was last year. The power's down. Yep. It's no doubt, uh, and he has an outside shot of equaling last year's RBI total. But it's that other, it's the other column. And when you look at him, it's really tough to overlook the fact. You, know, you, you go over to his batted ball data, and you look at his hard contact, and it's down. I mean, it's it's to a career low, twenty nine point seven percent right now. Uh, and for him, and he and they, he's a guy that is constantly shifted, doesn't hit the ball the other way um, on the infield, does in the outfield, and, and they get to him. But this is a he is what he is, and right now at first base, the list is long of guys that I would take in front of him, and this is a guy that I've liked in the past, but if you look at weighted on base average right now, he's 15th. He's actually one spot ahead of Pujols, uh, but you know, no, this is not a guy that I, I envision being in the top 12 next year. Here's the thing, obviously. You shift over to OBP leagues. He brings him right back into play, oh, yeah. but still not as a first baseman. I still, I'd still prefer him more as a corner. 
Um, I, I won't I won't fully run away from Carlos Santana. I was heavily invested this year. I'll back off what what I what I had this year. I had him. God, I had him everywhere. Six seven leagues. Um, definitely won't be doing that again. But I can't fully quit him, especially in OBP. I play plenty of OBP leagues. That'll give me a shot to get Santana. But that's this is a bummer, especially because of the first base only aspect. I've only got one guy at, at second base. Again, another one that kind of surprised me because I thought that uh, that he was on track kind of in the second half and really putting a season together. But And he is. I mean, you look at the numbers with, uh, with KC, they're good, but maybe his early numbers were just so bad. Or maybe the position is just deep. It's second base with Ben Zobrist. He's checking in 17th. And I know he's better used at shortstop this year, but there weren't a lot of second basemen outside of the top 12 that I was really surprised at. His his I kind of was. I was surprised that Zobrist wasn't at the back end of that top 12 with the season he's having. Um, I guess it's the, the speed is completely dissipated now. You know, yep. He had 10 stolen bases last year, only two this year, two in six attempts. Uh, 12 homers, 52 ribbies. That those are uh, two over and matching last year's totals. 286, uh, excuse me, 282 batting average, and 69 runs. Um, like I said, 17th at the position kind of surprised me. This isn't a bad year, but where do we stand on Zobris now? Because if the speed's gone, you know, next year too, then we're talking low double digits homers, no speed, good batting average, and what happens if the batting average isn't there? You know, what if he's back down to 265 or something? And where does play isn't he a free agent after this year finally he is yes he is a free agent yes, after this year he will be a free agent so we, we don't even know where he's and the play. offense the offensive numbers have seen a slight bump since he's played with kansas city and that's you know that's to be expected it's it's you know he's almost equal as his run scored total with the uh, royals that he did on all that time with the athletics uh you know for him it's aging gracefully. He can he can still hit double-digit home runs. I mean, he takes enough walks. He doesn't strike out. He makes good contact. It's just a matter of him being able to, to loft the ball and find the gaps, uh, really, uh, how it is with him. I don't consider him a top-12 player anymore. But yeah, I'll throw this back at you because it's not down. How does the season Brandon Phillips is having right now at age 34? You know, How do you— how did we value a guy that had two stolen bases in 2014 at 33 has stolen 21 bags in 2015 getting older, becoming one of, I think like 13 second basemen to ever steal that many bases at age 34. How do you even project his stolen base total next year? I have no idea. I, I will be very cautious with it. And I, I guess, are you bringing that up because the same thing could happen with, with Zobrist, he could he could pop up. The stolen bases are so tough, and I, I've learned that more this year than any other year because they weren't available very much on the on the wire at all. I wrote I wrote about that recently. That if you kind of waited on them, you you got sunk. There weren't a lot of steals that came into the league. They were kind of confined right. to the guys that you expected, and a couple of these surprises like a like a Brandon Phillips. The steals are just so impossible to predict because. You know, the manager has to be on board. The player has to be on board. I, it's not a pure speed thing. Obviously, those guys can be the best. For Phillips, I would say I'll probably be projecting him for like seven or eight, which is still higher than either of the last two years combined. Actually, the last right. two years well, before him, this. He's hitting seven. higher in the lineup, though. At least for him, you know, he's hitting he's, – he's hit leadoff quite a bit. So last year he was in the middle of the order. You're not going to steal bases down there. But that said, it's not like this guy's on base a ton either. Uh, no, and he, 331. You know, the 331 is – it's decent, not 
fantastic but decent, but he's running more because he's been at the top of the lineup. And, you know, and he and Zobers compare because they're two guys that play have played a ton of baseball at the middle infield position, mostly in Zobers case. And, and that's something that really wears down historically. We've seen it wear down on a lot of guys, um, but no, I don't see I don't see Zobers because even with even with Kansas City, a team that likes to run, he has one stolen base. I didn't even see how many he's attempted with Kansas City, but you know, switching, he's attempted four. He's one of one of four. And I saw the speed declining last year with Tampa Bay. I said, you know, I, I was surprised uh, he was uh, he had stolen ten bases last year because I could see the speed decline last year. The five caught stealings were rather bad. You mentioned that in it the was almost like Willie Mays yeah, I did. Uh, so, you know, with him, the Phillips thing, as long as the role, but I don't know how often you're going to be able to hit you know, hit him lead off either. But I was just honestly surprised because I'm working on a second half split thing and looking down and saying, hey, well, Brandon Phillips has 10 stolen bases in the second half. No, That's more crazy. than Ben Revere. That's more than Billy Burns. That's more than Kevin Kiermaier. You know, guys that burn wow. burn around the bases. And there's, oh, there's an old man River Phillips stealing 10 bases. Guess where he ran. Jose Reyes, too. Jose Reyes, another guy that doesn't even have 10 steals. Jose Reyes, sweet, sweet sweet career with, or sweet, sweet uh, situation with Colorado. He hasn't done anything with them. Guess where Phillips ranks uh, among second basemen on on ESPN's player radar? Probably fourth. Fifth. Good call. Right? I mean, that's that's a stolen basis. And and the batting average. The SBs and the batting average. Are, are and, just, and 65 runs driven in, 65 runs, 21 steals, and a 295 average. That's going to be top five at, at a middle infield position. That, that, it's a good season. I, I, and I've always liked Brandon Phillips' game. You know, put, plays really good defense. You know, uh, can, I didn't like the stuff with the uh, the arguments with uh, with oh. Trent Rosecrans, stuff like that. But but his game on the field, I've, I've always enjoyed. I, I, I can't get too psyched about this season, though. I, I'm not going to go reinvest. Same. Well, you know, another thing um, – yeah, we were talking quickly. I was talking about this uh, with the, the Rays radio folks when I was over in, in St. Pete on Wednesday uh, before the game. We were eating dinner in the media room when something came up on the TV. You know, if the season were to end today, Jose Altuve is the only player in the American League to steal at least 30 bases. Goes right back to my point. Uh, stolen bases were just not available this year. That's crazy to me. Do you think it's going to change next year, or is this is this something that who's uh, going to change it? Unless, unless there's some free the agent, unless there's some free agent acquisitions, who's going to change it? I don't. Know. I know it's going to adjust my draft strategy because it's it has screwed me in tout wars this year. 100%. If I had done better in stolen bases, I you know, there's a good chance I'm a top three finisher. Um, despite you know, the injuries, despite dumping uh, Lindor before he even got called up and stolen. bases. I just I have not been able to. I tried even trading for Reyes, and people were like, "Nope, nope, this guy's too good," and he's been no. god awful. So thank God that didn't happen. But um, even adding Revere at the, at the trade deadline did nothing for me. No, it's, I think it's, I gained one spot in stolen bases. It's been a total nightmare of a season with with stolen bases. If you didn't get on on those big time guys uh, early this year, your Billy Hamiltons and your D Gordons early in the draft, or, or Altuve, but even that. Oh, what you said, 30 is where he's at. Well, how, how many exactly did Altuve have? 37, I think, at the point at that time. I mean, it's good, but it's not even you know, it's not even guarantee you the category kind of kind of situation. Let's jump to shortstop. Uh, this I mentioned, I said two guys kind of surprised me and, and sparked this uh, th- this topic. Johnny Peralta was the other one in addition to Grandal because this is another guy, Johnny Peralta, who was tracking top five at his position for the bulk of the year. And you, and you go over to shortstop. 
and it wasn't just that shortstop sucked. It was that it was that Peralta was having a fantastic year again, and he has completely fallen off a cliff. It, it, it's like uh, April, May, June, and July, all either ranging from solid to excellent season, or excuse me, months, and then. Boom, the collapse hits in August, one homer, 612 OPS in August, zero homers and 446 OPS so far in September. Not good, not a good finish for Johnny Peralta. All of a sudden he has fallen all the way to 15th, excuse me, 14th at the position. What do you do with Johnny Peralta now? Going to be 34, has some of that luster worn off after the, the big year in St. Louis last year and the big first half this season. Yeah, I, I think it has. But if you look at the overall numbers, you know he's got a good chance of coming within the margin of error of what he did last year. Uh, a hot streak, get him back to the 20 home run plateau. The runs scored um, are almost identical. The runs driven in again. If he hits the home runs, the RBI should follow. So he has a chance to replicate where he was last year um, if the season's coming to an end. Uh, so yeah, the, but this was a guy that was insanely hot in the first half. We've, we were just talking about how age affects the uh, infielders and the thing is with him it's just a matter even this year we you know home run to fly ball ratio his last couple of good years of 20 home runs he was at 11 12 percent he's at he's back at 12 percent this year it's just he's just not hitting as many fly balls and that's where that's where it's uh, come down for him his fly ball rate's gone from 38 to 31 uh, percent so if that was something were to come back and sometimes that does with age where guys are hitting more fly balls it's just a matter of can they get the distance behind them as they as he continues to hit more fly balls so um you know the overall numbers again He's plateaued. He should. He's in the decline phase of his career. And I think there's little risk with him because he is what he is. His numbers, you look at his skill set the last couple of years, it's rather identical. I mean, yeah. there's been obviously some huge batting average fluctuation from 239 up to uh, 303. Uh, and those were back-to-back seasons. But for the most part, if you were to pencil him in and say he's a 260 hitter with 15 home runs, will score 60 runs and drive in 65, I think that's a nice baseline. Okay, and that, I yeah, think that, that makes them borderline top twelve. So, we're, so we're not going to run away completely from Johnny Peralta, and maybe no. some folks want to based on this second half. And again, more for us. So that, that's another thing too. We we can utilize these these poor second halves to to gain value next year. I definitely I yes. definitely believe that's the case. This this next guy you mentioned, you're working on a second half piece. I I would be surprised if this guy didn't find his way in there on some level. Maybe not. He hasn't been amazing in the second half, but he's it's been a complete flip from his first half. That's Ian Desmond, of course, at shortstop. He is 15th, just behind Peralta. Uh, it's not necessarily surprising that he is. He's kind of had to work his way up to 15. And it looked like he was turning around his second half, uh, but he's kind of hit the skids again in September. He had an amazing August for for Peralta, excuse me, for Desmond. Six homers, 18 ribbies, six stolen bases, and a 914 OPS. Like I said, falling back on hard times so far this month. One homer and a 585 OPS. Ian Desmond was obviously very well uh, uh, thought of this year coming in a top, what, three shortstop at worst, top oh, yeah. three round pick. I loved him. Three straight years of 2020, I was talking him up maybe late uh, first round if yep. you wanted to go shortstop with him uh, in a 15-teamer, and it's it hasn't worked out. Um, it hasn't been... 
it has been I was gonna say I wasn't gonna say it has been a nightmare it hasn't been uh you know my season is over because of this because you still get 18 homers 12 stolen bases the 232 average is garbage but you don't expect big average from him it's really the counting categories the runs and the RBIs that uh, you were expecting in the 70s for both of them, and he's going to struggle to get to the 70s for either of them this year. So where do you stand on Ian Desmond? Going to be a free agent as well, so unlikely to be with Washington. Also, one little tidbit, shares your birthday. Yes, he does. He is the only active major leaguer that shares my birthday, so he's awesome. I was about to click click to see who else. By the way, I love – I get a major thrill – when I land on a uh, on a guy's page on his birthday, incidentally, it's it's it, for some reason because uh, on on Baseball Reference they do the big happy birthday. Yes. I lo- I love that for some reason I don't know why. He's also from Florida, so maybe you guys uh, were best friends. AJ Ramos <laughs> is active and he shares your oh, birthday okay. as well. So now you got there a couple go. in there. Anyway, got to talk about Desmond on the field here. Like I said, he rallied a bit, but maybe not enough to to really change the minds of folks. Where do you stand? Um. Here, let's put it this way. If we look at counting categories and let's compare them to, let's say, Carlos Correa. In the second half, Ian Desmond has hit 11 home runs, stolen seven bags, and is batted 265. Carlos Correa, second half, has hit 11 home runs, has stolen seven bases, and hit 286. I'm sorry, 275. Oh, wow. So a so 10 point difference in batting average. And that's it. So if you're like, if we were to say, who do you want to say, who would you want in the second half, Correa or Desmond? Oh my God, Correa, Correa is dude. awesome. Correa. There you go. Uh, so with a free agent, I mean, I think some of his struggles, obviously, some of the other counting, catastro- uh, counting category struggles are due to the team around him. Uh, there's only one other good player, consistent player on the team uh, for them. So free agent, I'm curious to see where someone like this would end up. Uh, you know, you would you would think uh, if he were to go to Yankee Stadium, it would be a lot of fun. I mean, I know they're uh, happy with D.D. Gregorius, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, Can D.D. play second? Yeah, you look at this, and this would be this would be uh, a lot of fun for him to get to a, a better part, a, a better park. But yeah, I would be back in on Desmond. I would consider. I mean, you look at the numbers. I don't know at, at 30. We know the steals could decline. We've already talked about some other examples. But this is a guy who's still on 20 bases in four of the past five seasons. Has been in double digit steals at least six. And 20 home runs in three of the past four. So I'm still going to take him highly. Doesn't look 30 at all. I mean, in in terms of his his athleticism, I don't I don't see somebody aging. Um, I know sometimes. I mean, the only concern the strikeouts. I mean, it's not getting any better. His strikeout rate is up for a fourth consecutive season. Maybe by the end of the season, it gets down a little bit. But this is back-to-back 28% strikeout seasons after him being around 20. So he's below average there. It's always going to hold down his batting average. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and unless he gets back to that, he's a two, you know, 250, 260 batting average guy at best, depending on what his batting average and balls in play is. But if he's going to continue to strike out in the upper 20%, it's really tough to expect anything more than a 250 average out of him. And that's completely fair on Desmond. I, I think batting average piece is not something that anybody expects. There are some good spots that he can go at the Yankee Stadium, one that you mentioned. That would be very interesting. But like you said, they do like Gregorius. So we'll see. We'll see where Desmond goes. That's really going to decide a lot of how, about how we feel about him in 2016, what kind of team he can have around him, what kind of situation the park can be. But it's a guy I'm not going to forget. I, I know got burned on him this year because it, it, it didn't pan out the way I expected. But I just I won't quit a, a skill set like that at shortstop. Third base has a couple of veterans. Neither name probably going to surprise folks, um, but it, they become increasingly difficult to figure out going forward. Adrian Beltre and Evan Longoria are sitting 15 and 16. Let's start with Beltre, and uh, you know what? What are we going on? 37 next year for Beltre. 
Yes. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, so he's going to be 37 next year. You know, you look at the at the season, 555 plate appearances with 15 homers, 62 ribbies, and a 278 average. It, it's not the end of the world, but it's just not that great either. And and he still cost a lot, did Beltre. I wonder what what will happen with his price tag next year. That that that's the thing too. A guy with the name value like this, they don't usually just fall off draft wise. People still oh Adrian Beltre, you know, and 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 didn't you know, if it was a situation where he played 200 plate appearances and didn't show up on any leaderboards, you could you could understand. But he basically playing a full season. I know he missed some time with 129 games played, but he's going to log what 600 plate appearances by by season's end. Where yep. do you stand on Beltre now? I know he got off to a wretched start, but uh, wh- where's he at now? He's still a Hall of Famer, uh, but well, let's get yes. to fantasy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I fully agree. His days, I, I, yeah, I don't think he gets 20 home runs again, uh, ever. I'm just trying to think what his contract situation. He, they have an option year, so there's an option year with him. Um, I, you know, I would assume Texas is going to pick up an option year on this deal. Uh, it's a vesting option. I'm reading the details. Texas may void 2016 if he fails to reach 1,200 plate appearances in 2014 happen. to 2015. Um, well, he's at 1169 right now, so he yeah. should be good. He's um, going to make it. Yeah. Um, and Beltre is on the disabled list at the end of the 2015 season or not and not healthy by spring 2016 is what it says. So okay. let's assume he's going to stay in Texas uh, at this point uh, You know, with him. I don't know if 20 home runs, I get kind of like we were talking about, like with Zobrist, a safe decline. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. He's not going to hit 300 again. Yeah, he's not going to hit 21, home, uh, 20 home runs again. But he's still in a, in a decent situation uh, for him. So it, it's a safe decline. I think he's uh, you know, kind of like we viewed Aramis Ramirez coming into this this year, that safe fallback at the position, not a guy you need to reach for, not a guy you want to build around, but a safe fallback option. So if you don't get the guy you were planning to reach for or build around, you're like, oh, you know what? Beltre is still on the board. I'll take this. I'll take a safe veteran. That's a great call. I, I, I like that assessment of him right down to the fact that, yeah, you can just kind of wait around, maybe put him in your corner if you already if you got a stud third baseman early at earlier etc etc what about Longoria I know I I don't think you have quite as rosy of a of an outlook on him but obviously you watch him every single day what's going on because the the thing with him as we always said when he was younger if we could just get a full season first off I think his his injury prone tag that he earned was was pretty overrated yeah it should definitely be gone I thought it was a little bit overblown he really only had one season that he was decimated it was that 2012 season where he only played 74 games and uh all, all the other time you know we're talking at least 574 plate appearances but now he's been become like a stud in terms of playing time 160 162 and 146 games so far this year but the numbers have been kind of blah these last two years 107 and 108 with his ops plus totals Somebody's going to draft him as a top 10 third baseman. And one of these years, you know, we have not been the only ones saying stop reaching for this guy. Name value really keeps doing it. But if yes, he hits the middle of a lineup, but it's a bad lineup. It plays playing every day on fake on fake turf slash dirt that's poured on top of concrete. <laughs> I, was not say, natural. I mean, this stuff has to wear down on the guy. He's going to get to 20 home runs, but his runs scored are way down because the stuff behind him is just crap in the lineup. He's not driving in runs because the stuff in front of him has pretty much been crap. It's been an awful season, too many injuries and whatnot. And, and that's not, the situation is not going to get any better. There's nobody coming up from the minor leagues. that's going to fix that lineup. 
And they are they have to go out and get talent, perhaps maybe trade Nate Carnes to go get some offensive help. But it, nothing's really going to improve around him. So what he's done, you know, he's some, probably somewhere in between last year and this year, which is still nowhere near where he was a few years ago. And then and, you can go down the list, you know, Donaldson, Bryant. Carpenter, Machado, Seager, Arenado, even Moustakis, uh, Rendon, shoot, Trevor Plouffe. You know, I'm thinking of guys, Todd Frazier. I mean, it, these are easy names that I could take over him without even balking. And and right that, but that's that's the that's the situation with Longoria that bothers or that worries me and why I won't have him. The the thing you said at the outset, folks are going to be taking him as a top ten third baseman because of that name value, and I just can't do it. Um, I, no. I can't. Third base has depth. I'm probably going to be in the star pool, you know, trying to get the Donaldson, Arenado, Machado, Frazier in those first couple rounds. Bryant, uh, that you know, that it, it's a nice position. Chris Davis, we'll see where where he winds up. Does did Chris Davis play enough third base, or is he going to lose that this year? I can't keep track of where I, he's been playing. No, no, I didn't. I didn't check. But if you if I if I were to sort the the leaderboard, the uh, if I were just to take, I'm looking at second half just because I was working on the story. Second half leaderboard. Evan Longoria's weighted on base average is a point below Brett. Laurie. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, that that's unfair. Uh, not unfair, but that, that, that I guess goes kind of against Brett Laurie, but it, it gives you an idea of you wouldn't. I mean, 249, 294, and a 441. The 441 because he had like five home runs in a span of a week and a half. That, so. Yeah. I mean, Third base is going to be an interesting position next year. If, if you don't get in on the star pool, like what are you going to do? Just wait, 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 I guess, because, you know, what, he's not on the list because he's actually having a, a good season that, that ranges in the top 12. But where are you standing on on Chris uh, Chris Carpenter, Matt Carpenter this year with his big power surge? It, it's it's that age old thing that you say about, you know, they used to say it about uh, Wade Boggs and, and, and Ichiro. Um, hit home runs when he wants to. Exactly, blah, blah, blah. they could hit home runs if they wanted to, but it would it would cost them the batting average. Well, that's kind of what happened with with Carpenter. He he hit 24 bombs so far this year, but a 264 average is well off of his 286 career mark. Um, so you know, I I'll take the power. He had 270. Though, he had 272 last year with eight homers. He he had some changed approach. He bet the guys that he could hit 20 bombs. He did, and he got a TCU golf cart out of it from. Uh, from Adam Wainwright. Do you think the power is legitimate <laughs> with, with, with Carpenter? Um, yeah. I mean, look at when you're looking that what, what's impressed me here is he's hitting with all this extra power and has not sacrificed contact. His strikeout rate is only at 16%. It was 19% in 2012. It was 14% last year. That so is if impressive. he was doing, if he was doing the Marlon bird approach, yeah. You know, from a couple of years ago where he just said, you know what, I am no longer I don't even care about contact. Nope. I'm gonna cash in. And was and if his strikeout rate had gone from like fourteen to twenty three percent, I'm worried. The fact that his strikeout rate is still really good and he's hit with his power, no concerns. Okay. Right, you know what? I take this fight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Retract all of that. I'm i I'm missing a line down. Fourteen percent, sixteen percent, twenty two percent. So oh, it did this, spike. Okay. I wasn't on, yeah, I wasn't so on my memory. Page. So, you know, you turn 43 and stuff starts fading. <laughs> I missed that. I missed a particular line. So there is a big jump in his strikeout rate. So we got to find a happy ground, a uh, happy medium here in the middle. Maybe if, if he only hits 15 to six, uh, 15 to 17 home runs next, next year and strikes out in the upper teens instead of the low twenties, I'm okay with that. But yeah, he, he is definitely playing, played for the golf cart, cashed in. Now he just push his chips in and come back to being a little more of a slash guy. 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree that I would I would prefer more. You know, I'll, I'll give back a few of the homers for a better batting average. But either way, I, I'm in on Carpenter next year. I, I'm not going to be, you know, dissuaded by this, even if it kind of pushes the price up. I don't think it will, though. Like I said, that depth at third base, he was already he, he's going to kind of be where he was. I think Carpenter, I don't think he's going to jump way up. I think the other guys are the ones jumping up Your Arenado jumping up even higher. Machado Donaldson, obviously a firm first rounder. I think people still like, you know, Kyle Seeger, Bogarts, Bryant. Um, like I said, we got to check on Davis. Jungle Gong would have been somebody that would have been nice. But, of course, his season got ended. That's unfortunate. We don't want to talk about that because it just angers me. We've got three outfielders to talk about. Then we'll get out of here and let you enjoy your birthday. Uh, for outfielder, I didn't just look at the top 12. I, I went top 24. So, you know, guys a little bit further out. A couple of these do have some injury excuse behind it but again like what somebody like Lou Croy they still played enough playing time uh and didn't do all that well with it that that I want to talk about them this first guy isn't that it's just the the steady Eddie who kind of kind of fell back a little bit Adam Jones he's 25th at the position so it's it, it's not the end of the world um you kind of know what you're getting that this is kind of a downside that that's the reason that you draft Adam Jones to be honest is that your downside is, is this uh, it, without injury, of course, is that he's just, okay, kind of a ho-hum, 272, 27 taters, 82 ribbies, you know, not a bad season, only 74 runs. It's those counting categories that pushed him down because the team hasn't been as good this year. Um, his power and his triple slash is right in line with last year. How do you feel about Adam Jones? Obviously not, you know, even going to be like that fringe first rounder next year, but what round are you taking him in? Uh, he's a top 40 player for me just okay. because he, he's pretty much healthy all the time. I mean, yep. right now he's at 135 games played. So we, I, you know, it's going to be a stretch for him to get to 150 games, obviously, which will be the first time since 2010, he hasn't played that many games. If you were to extrapolate what he's done, he has a chance of repeating his home run. He should surpass. He should be a 30 home run hitter this year. Um, you know, he's not going to get to his runs scored. He's not going to get to his runs driven in. I'm more concerned about the batting average because, the, you know, he's unless he gets hot here, he is not going to finish in that 280 to 287 range for the first time in five seasons. Oh. Uh, if he gets a little hot, he could finish between the 277 and 287 range for a sixth one two three seventh consecutive year so if he gets if he gets a five-point bump in batting average that's it's amazing how consistent his batting average has been skills it's all the same i mean he's still going to be a guy that's going to chase pitches up in the zone chase pitches down none of that's going to change but in the end run you can bank on these numbers just pencil them in and they're going to be there and that's what in the day of volatility that's what i like yeah, exactly. And like I said, I know it's not a flashy pick and, and you know, some folks were taking him in the late first round and, and their groans like, ah, oh, what are you doing that? It's not as flashy as going for somebody who could really explode. But that that kind of baseline that he has, again, this isn't that uh, this is kind of a downside season. Uh, the team didn't necessarily perform around him and give him the the runs scored and driven in opportunities. And yet still 25th at his position not it's not bad that's not killing your season if you're having a bad year and you drafted adam jones first it ain't because of him i promise you it is not his fault uh these next two guys might have a bigger issue yeah you, you might, injuries, you might be a little injuries, bit injuries, angry. Injuries. yeah and it is injury that 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 hampered these two but i gotta i gotta get your take on uh are these injuries going to carry on are they really going to scare you off the first one's carlos gomez a guy that you and i both love you you were on that carlos gomez train early i i will give you the credit that you deserve it was after that first good year that he had that you took him 
what sixth in a, in a, in a draft that we, we do a, fifth. a certain fifth. fifth in a mock draft that we do every year with the MLB.com uh, crew. They get a bunch of guys from from the industry. We do a nice email, what, five, six round draft uh, right. mock there. And you took them fifth to some to some comments for sure. Like, oh, look at that. Look at that. I and think you finished ninth overall value that year. It was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. Well, this year it's been tough. On Gomez, obviously he got traded twice. One time it actually went through. But uh, 12 homers, 14 stolen bases, 253 average, 472 plate appearances in 112 games. So yes, injury plays a role. That's definitely going to help excuse some of it here. But I still need to get an idea of where you are on on Gomez because even at his peak, we know that there's some volatility with the swing and miss that he has and the elite defense uh, that he plays in center field, the kind of the all-out defense puts him in harm's way too. So we knew that the injury risk was part of his game as well. Like I said, we love uh, Carlos Gomez as a general rule, but tough season. How do you how do you stand? Leg injury, oblique injury. I write it all off next year. Uh, it'll be a final final year of his current deal. Houston's altering the ballpark, uh, getting rid of that stupid hill in Hell's center hill. field. Um, I'm. I'm curious to see how that's all going to play out, but I, I'm going to be drafting Carlos Gomez in the top five rounds next year in a 12 team mixed. I, I I will not fault you for that. I think he's going to be one of those guys. These are I'm the not kind of drafting guys. Ellsbury there. No, that's the next one. Ellsbury, uh, by the way, Gomez 45th at the position. Jacoby Ellsbury 69 at the position, which is nice, but it's not nice at the same time. That's it, it, it's a conundrum. You can figure it out. It is nice, but it's not. Uh, again, you can give him some break on injuries, but he hasn't been great when he has played. You're looking at a guy with uh, 444 played appearances, only 98 games played. 254 average, 314 uh, OBP, just a 342 slug. So the pop, what are you doing? Seven bombs, 18 stolen bases, only 30 ribbies, 58 runs. Again, a lot of that, not even 100 games. So I will give him a break on the injuries, but he's going to be 32 next year. Injuries have been a part of his game for the bulk of his career. It's just something I worry about. How do you feel about, about Ellsbury? By the way, it was you who said, Gardner over Ellsbury this year, and that has that is that has proven proven correct. I'm just it's bringing up all your out better than it did though. Well, yeah, it, it, it was looking amazing early, but uh, I got to bring up all your greatest hits uh, on your birthday here, so you know. Yeah, because we can, we can bring up my my swings and misses in the offseason. No, no, yeah, enjoy we'll, my we'll, day. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that <laughs> later. This is all about. Remember, I'll bring it up again. Remember when you were first on Josh Donaldson? You're welcome. Okay, but Brett Gardner. Uh, it, it, it was a walkaway win, but it could have been like a hilarious destruction if Gardner hadn't fallen off a little bit. But let's talk Ellsbury because it's a guy I've never really bought in on. Even back when he was looking like a super-duper star with Boston, he obviously had some amazing seasons with 50, 70 stolen bases. The 30-30 season, which was almost you know uh, 40 stolen bases that year, he had 39 He's had great seasons. I've never bought in for some reason. How do you feel about uh, Jacoby Ellsbury? One, two, three, four. We're talking about three full seasons out of, of his last six. Ouch. I'm saying full seasons. I want at least 600 plate appearances. Yeah. Full, for a guy full, that's hitting leadoff. That shouldn't be difficult, right? Nope. Three of the last six is where I'm We're talking about a 32-year-old who – and injuries don't go away. But, you know, we've said it a thousand times in this podcast – Best indicator of injuries or previous injuries, and this guy has got a full dossier of them. So, no, I'll take Gardner over Ellsbury again next year. I 
I can't blame you at all on that. I just there, there's no way I'm going to look at this. And again, easy for me to say I'm not I'm not an Ellsbury guy necessarily, but I don't know how how you can make the case necessarily that you would want to take Ellsbury ahead of Gardner. That injury track record's all all I really need to hear. Um, what round would you even take him in? Do you, can you even foster a guess on that? No. It's it's it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, because I don't want him either. It would it would it would take one of those stupid things where you're like, yeah, I took Ellsbury, he fell to the 16th round, or you know something that that is unrealistic. It would have to be a one-off situation in a league where they just let him fall too far. Uh, all right, Jason, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. We'll talk about some struggling pitchers next week. Uh, not not as the only topic that we do, but I I didn't want to do a two-hour podcast on your birthday, and so if we started talking pitchers, that's kind of how it would go. I do, hope you have a wonderful birthday. Do you have any plans? Are you going to try to watch your, your Washington Football Club pull up? They're actually winning. I, I know they're, they're winning, winning right now. Do you, uh, ten nothing against the Rams. Do you think that they're going to pull it off? We'll have it on record. No, okay. I, I don't. I want I want the imperfect season. I want UCF and Washington to have imperfect seasons, and UCF <laughs> is well on their way of doing Didn't it they after lose? losing to a freaking. They lost to Dungeons and Dragons yesterday. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons University. Who was it? I saw it on Furman. The, yeah, Furman. The Furman Palladians. I saw it on the ticker and I felt really bad for it. I was like, that's that's not. And and listen, my my, my college football team, the uh, Texas Longhorns, are complete trash. And they lost yesterday after a thrilling comeback. They lost on a missed extra point. They come back from tw- oh. 21 down, and on the on the third kick, uh, on the third touchdown, he misses the extra point. And it's like UCF and and the 2005 Hawaii Bowl. Big comeback gets the overtime and shank and Mac Prater shanks the field goal. But uh, yeah, and next and next week UCF's playing South Carolina. I'm going to the game because it's an hour and a half south of me. That's the only last dollars I'm going to spend on this pathetic team this year. <laughs> uh, but it's I'm going with one of my bosses and South Carolina sucks this year too. So I oh, said, yeah. who's going to bring the paper bags? You or me? <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I I hope you have a, a great birthday and uh, a good week. Are you traveling at all this week? Yeah, New Jersey and uh, Pensacola. That that those are two disparate places. You're going. I get to have Whataburger on Friday though. I am so looking forward to that. Well, now that's a birthday treat that everyone can get behind. If you haven't had Whataburger, folks, you should try it. It's way better than stupid in and out. And we'll end the show on that. Jason, have a wonderful, wonderful birthday and a good week. Thanks, bud. Talk to you next week.